you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hi there. Welcome back to the Her Portion Podcast. This is Crystal. I've so enjoyed the episodes on motherhood this month, and I hope that you have as well. I remember those days of being a young mom and needing all the encouragement and help and guidance I could get. And most of you know that I'm the older lady among the Her Portion contributors. My children are both grown. They are in their early 20s. My youngest actually just graduated from college a couple weeks ago, so I plan to share a little bit with you about my current season of motherhood, because surely there are some other ladies listening who, like me, are trying to navigate what it looks like to be a mother to young adults, and if you're not there yet and you have kids at home, you will be soon. So before I do that, I do want to share briefly just a few pieces of advice to those of you who do still have kids at home. And this is coming from just, I guess, being an older woman trying to teach the younger women. Um, I wrote a series of blog posts several years ago about being a mom. It was called, it started out as Moms of Littles, and then I went, I think, into elementary grades. I can't remember how far up I went. But um, I struggled to do that to begin with because Mark and I are well aware that our kids... Um, no matter what we did at home, they were going to come to a point where they were going to either choose to follow the way they were raised or they're going to choose something differently. And actually, they could still choose that today. We all um, daily have to choose to follow the Lord. And so I always hesitate to give any parenting advice because you just are praying and you've done everything you could do, hoping that your children will make the right decisions. But There is one of the things I shared, which if you want to go look at those blog posts, I go into a lot more details and talk about a lot more things. But one of the main things that I talked about um, or that I feel is very important in parenting is to know what your core beliefs are. And that is because every decision you make, even from the time your kids are small, Um, you want to make those with those core beliefs in mind. So you may be asking, what what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to share with you the three things that I had written um, back then when my kids were still at home. Number one, my children are blessings from the Lord. He has entrusted Mark and I to raise them for his honor and glory. We desire above all else to foster a love for the Lord and a relationship with him that continues when they leave our home. Number two, my children are not and have never been, quote unquote, my life. Even though I put their needs above my own, they are not the center of our home. Christ is the center of our home. And with that in mind, Mark and I invest time in one another and make decisions to keep our marriage and thus our family strong. On the On the other side of that, we actually have enjoyed having our empty nest, which is not so empty right now. More on that later, I guess. But um, it doesn't mean we haven't missed our kids when they've gone away to college, but it just shows that we've kept our relationship paramount all these years and we weren't strangers trying to rekindle something after the kids moved out. And it just shows that we continued to focus on our core beliefs. Our next one, the third one, 
is it is our responsibility to train our children to be independent, responsible, respectful, and productive members of society. So I would just ask you, do you know what your core beliefs about parenting are? If you've never really thought about it, I would encourage you to sit down and think about it. And the reason is because if we don't know what our core beliefs are, if we don't keep our end goal in mind, it's going to be easy to make decisions based on what has the least amount of conflict at that moment. And as you know, in parenting, there are times when you must confront things with your kids. So you also don't want to be making decisions based on your own needs, your own wants, or your own fears. Things like when moms say, well, this is my last baby, so I'm going to let them do this. Or I just want them to stay little, so I allow them to do things. Um, or how about this one? I don't want them to feel left out, so we're going to let them do this. While that thing doesn't line up with your core beliefs as far as your end goal, what you truly want Um, in raising your kids. So I would just encourage you to know what your core beliefs are and to stick with them. And then the second thing that I would say is to be very careful about worldly thinking. Because worldly thinking, we know it creeps into every area of our lives and it even creeps into our parenting. You know, I'm probably a little bit more sensitive to this because in my profession as a teacher, I do hear a lot of experts, you could call them, um, in child development and child psychology. And some of what they say is good. You can take some things and you can learn and, and go with it. But you really must be discerning because most of those experts, um, they don't believe the basic biblical truth that we are all born sinners, including our children. And so often their advice is filled with excusing your child's behavior and allowing your children to have these big feelings and big emotions and all those things, which it is true that they have them. So do we, but we have to learn how to not allow our emotions and feelings to control us. And that is something your children need to learn too. So I would just be very careful about who you are taking advice from, who you are listening to, and, and kind of filter through that. Be discerning. There will be some good things, but there are also going to be some things that you just need to leave behind, recognizing that it doesn't really line up with biblical parenting. Um, and then one other thing, just because it is like the buzzword that I hear about so often, and that is mom shaming. And I find myself asking, is that really a thing? <laughs> um, or is it possible that we've bought into another one of the world's ideas? Are we overly sensitive and looking for something to be offended about? Just because someone has a different opinion on parenting than you do does not mean they are shaming you. Um, And most of this mom shaming, I think, that people think is happening is happening online. So without even a person, a face-to-face encounter. And even if you have a face-to-face encounter with someone and they make a comment because they do something different than you do, it doesn't mean they're shaming you. (laughs) Um, What I would say is that if you will seek the Lord for direction in how to parent your children and then be confident in those decisions that you make for your family, then when you have those encounters, 
face-to-face, because if they're online, you should not be counting it as mom shaming. I'm just going to say, just scroll on by. But anyway, um, if you have a face-to-face encounter with someone who makes an insensitive remark about your parenting, then you won't need to spend any time or energy being bothered or upset about it. Because you can be confident that you've sought the Lord and you're doing what you need to do for your family. So those are some things that I would just kind of put out there to those of you that are in the midst of raising kids at home. And now um, that we have that out of the way, I really want to spend a little bit of time talking about my season of motherhood, which I would best describe as take a step back and surrender. So as I mentioned, I have two kids. Chaz is 23. He graduated from Heartland Baptist Bible College last year. Um, He's interning at our church right now. Harley's 21, and she just graduated from Heartland Baptist Bible College. So both of them are in the midst of making decisions for the direction of their futures. You know, ministry opportunities, where that might take them. Um, Chaz is getting ready to go to Seattle this summer to work with a pastor there and praying about if that's somewhere where he might end up. Harley will be off to Colorado soon to serve at a church camp. And then she's praying about where she would go next, um, if she would come home or is there a place for her to serve. And really, I just think about those things and I think about how I just want my kids to go where God wants them to go and to do what God wants them to do. Um, There aren't, that doesn't mean there aren't moments of like looking up how far it is to Seattle and realizing it's 28 hours. (laughs) There's no quick trips there that would be taking place if Chaz ends up there. But I know that the Lord will take care of him there if that's where he's supposed to go. And I know that Um, you know, that's what we want. That's what we wanted from the beginning. It goes back to those core beliefs I shared with you. So I'd really say that, you know, the last five years and even maybe some of the years as they were in their teenage years, finishing up high school and even making decisions about college, that we have had to um, continually take a step back and surrender Chaz and Harley to the Lord all over again. Um, We've watched them make decisions about, as I said, ministries or college um, or the friend groups that they hang out with, whether they're to begin relationships with someone or not. We've done all that um, kind of from a distance as they've been away at college. And so really we want them to learn to follow the Lord's leading and make decisions on their own. So when they would call us, seek counsel, ask for advice. Of course, we have some opinions (laughs) as their parents, and we try to be helpful to them, but we really want them to follow the Lord's leading. And sometimes it is so hard. It is so hard just to um, not say, now listen, this is what you need to do, (laughs) or um, to just butt in and say, why aren't you doing this? So it's really hard just to take that step back sometimes and to just surrender that thing to the Lord in prayer and let him work. You know, I was reading in um, my Bible reading, was back to the beginning again. So I was reading through Genesis and Exodus recently with all of these things on my mind. And I found some mothers that I think we can learn a few things from. So the first mother that I want to look at is... 
Rebecca. <laughs> so Genesis 25, because in the Bible, there are some times we can learn things we should not do. So let's first look at Genesis chapter 25, where it talks about um, Rebecca. It kind of gives her the information about her kids that she's going to have. Let's start in verse 21. It says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. So God told Rebecca that the older would serve the younger. Have you ever wondered why this is kind of a theme repeated throughout the Bible? It is because it's a picture of God rejecting the first birth, the flesh, and accepting the second birth, the spirit. And of course, we can find that in John 3, 6. But anyway, so let's turn over. Let's go to chapter 27 now. We know Rebecca knows that the older will serve the younger. In chapter 27, we see that, sorry, I'm flipping. Um, verse 1, and it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, and saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to these words, Obey my voice according to that which I command thee. She says, go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Listen to these words again. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. So I'm going to stop there and, and just say, <laughs> here we see Rebecca felt the need to help God's plan. She already knew God's plan. She already knew that the elder, or I'm sorry, that the younger would serve the elder. She'd been told that. But rather than trust that the Lord was would work it out according to his will and his timing, she decides to butt in and try and help. Instead, she needs to wait on the Lord. So for us, we know that God has a perfect plan for our children. We know that he will work all things out for their good and for his glory. So why do we need to why do we feel the need to help God's plan? 
We must wait on the Lord. And her advice, obey my voice. Instead, we should be saying, you know what? Let's seek the Lord and let's pray about it. So that they will obey the Lord's voice and not ours. So recently we had a situation with one of our one of our kids, and I thought I knew what was right, and I wanted to jump in and take care of it. It is so hard when you see your child struggling or suffering or going through something difficult because you want to jump in and you want to solve the problems for them. Um, And it, it was actually my child who said to me, you know what? God is the only one who can help me with this. I'm just going to keep taking it to him. So much wisdom in those words. And so another time I would say, you know, I've had times when our kids were, they were, they've been lied about. They've been accused of wrongdoing, things like that. And I do remember one time, um, one of them was, was in a meeting about this and I, I did not go. I wanted to, but I did not go. And instead I encouraged them. I tried to ensure that I I wanted them to make sure they were right with the Lord, right before the Lord, and then we just moved on. It would have been so easy for me to jump in and be that mama bear or that helicopter mom, um, you know, as as teacher, as a teacher, there is kind of we see this probably more and that is these different kinds of moms. (laughs) So a helicopter mom is one who hovers and then swoops in to rescue if something's going wrong. A lawnmower mom wants to mow down a perfect path for their children so they have no difficulties. And then a bulldozer mom is just one that's going to knock down every obstacle for their child. And so I mention those and just ask... um, are you any of those types of moms? Because I would say that the vast majority of moms that I witness doing things like that as a teacher would not describe themselves that way. They don't see it. And so just be careful that you are allowing your kids to resolve conflicts on their own. They should be learning to do that while they are in your home rather than you taking care of everything for them. Anyway, so that has been a huge thing and parenting adult children, I guess, and as they've gotten older, is not jumping in, not trying to manipulate like Rebecca did to ensure that things came out the way she wanted them to. And what did it cost her? Think about what it cost her. She ended up, her son Jacob, she had to send him away because Esau wanted to kill him. I'm sure there was a strain on her relationship with Esau after this, and probably Isaac as well, because he found out he had been deceived. So just think about all of her help, what it cost her when God had already promised. He had already told her that the younger would serve the elder and he would have accomplished his plan without deception. I guarantee you. Um, So anyway, just keeping that in mind, I was also then in Exodus. This is the mom I think we can learn from And that is in chapter two, verse one. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. 
And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. Of course, the mother we're reading about here is Jochebed, and we're speaking about Moses. So in verse 5, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself and sees the basket. She has compassion on Moses. Verse 7 then says, Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. So as I was considering this and getting ready to speak on the subject of surrender, I recognized that Jochebed truly had to surrender Moses to an uncertain fate. And that is what we have to do as moms over and over again. When they're little, as they get into each new phase, I think, as as they grow into each new stage, there's dangers <laughs> that present themselves. There's things that come up. And we have to just keep surrendering them to the Lord. And then as adults, when they become adults and they're making decisions for themselves and we want to jump in and we want to fix things and help, we need to take a step back. And we need to surrender them to the Lord all over again. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that it's an encouragement to someone out there and that you've enjoyed this month's theme on the Her Portion podcast. Make sure you come back next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the scriptures. Until next time.